world is different than when we were children. And I think that when I draw and when I do art or any type of creative endeavor, I think that it brings me sort of back to that place where there's fairy tales and that feeling that almost anything is possible. Name? Dia Lenahan. Age? <laughs> 56. Lives in? New Jersey. Family? I have a husband, one adult son, and a lot of other people that live very close to me, so that's very nice too. What do you do for a living? I now illustrate books, write books, and design coloring books. Favorite coloring book? I think of mine is probably, well, I would have to pick one of two, either The Buns or Everyday Magic. Favorite pens or pencils? I would say colored pencils are Faber-Castell polychromos. Coffee or tea? Oh, definitely tea. Iced tea. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of Passionista Colorista podcast with me, Isabel from Sweden. And welcome today's guest, Dia. Hello. So, New Jersey, US? Yep, New Jersey, US. I live near the beach happily well well happily in the summer not so happily in the winter so what is it now now it's heading into winter it's it's actually been a relatively lovely fall not so bad not too cold yet and only a couple of flakes of snow so today's beautiful sunny and you are both a colorist and you are doing coloring books how many coloring books have you done so far I have two artist edition coloring books out. Uh, they're on Etsy. Those are on very nice paper. And then I have, I think, four additional books that are only on Amazon. So that, yeah, I think I have six altogether. And when did the first come? The first one came out several years ago after I did, I illustrated a children's book for an author named David Rowinski. And the book was called uh, The Open Pillow. And it got picked up by a small publisher happily. And I was working on the images. And I was posting parts of them in different pages of completeness on Facebook. And then people began to ask if they could color them. And I wondered, is this a thing? Do people <laughs> actually color other people? So I said, sure, you can color it because I had happily kept the rights to the illustrations from the book. And then I decided to put those illustrations into a coloring book because I kept, well, my sister kept also seeing coloring books all over the place in bookstores. And she said, why are you not doing this? So I guess that was around 2013. I'm sorry. I'm not, I, I don't know the exact year. But it was quite a long time ago. It was a while ago. Right. So I put that book out and I named it coloring dreams and, uh, the Open Pillow, which is the book that the pictures came from, ended up in the Eric Carle Museum uh, of Storytime Art. Um, Eric Carle is the is that amazing author illustrator who did The Very Hungry Caterpillar. So we spent a weekend there 
a special story time weekend. So I figured the pictures have to be okay. So I put them in a coloring book and I jumped on the bandwagon. But you said you did your first, the illustrations to this children's book, but what did you do before this? Were you, have you been an illustrator all your life? Oh, well, no, I always liked art in any way, shape or form. But before this, I was an editorial makeup artist. And yeah, so that was great. I had I had a great time doing commercials, studio work, magazine work. So you were doing makeup for on people that were photographed or what what were your work? Yes, yes, a photo, photographed uh, sometimes for magazines. I I had some lovely larger corporate accounts, uh Sony being one of them and I used to be their makeup artist for their industrial films or if they were going to do commercials, so actually worked in their corporate environment for a while. And that was fun. And then I, I did some makeup for magazines for a couple of small movie shoots. It was, it was really fun, but the hours were very, very long. And, uh, I ended up getting married and having a family and I wanted to actually see them. <laughs> so I completely changed my career after I had my son. Um, I still work long hours, but I get to be home quite a bit now and enjoy my family. But why was uh, the choice illustrations? Uh, I've always, always loved art and writing. And it was something that I was doing anyway. I was constantly painting. I painted pictures for friends. I would make Christmas cards for the family. I would make birthday cards and just constantly drew anyway. It was just one of the things that I always loved in my life. So it was a natural progression. It was just another art form for me to continue having creativity in my life. And I, I it was a way for me to do everything, be home with my family, cook dinner for my son, see my son grow up. I thought long and hard and I was doing it anyway. So I, I figured, let me give this a whirl. And I, I also wanted to write children's books, which I'm still doing. But uh, the coloring book thing just grabbed me because my favorite art is just pen and ink. And that's what this is. It's perfect for me. And I do all the books myself. I don't have them published elsewhere, so I can do anything I want with them. In fact, one of the first books I put out was for kids because I had no idea there was an adult thing going on. So the first one I did was Spy Bunny and it was for children and it was a colorable storybook. And it was very popular. So That was even before coloring dreams. That was, a, I had no idea what was going on at that point in the coloring world and put that out. So it's sort of a funny progression. So when you did your, when you started to work with illustrations, mm -hmm. how was your days? That's kind of interesting because, you know, I'm going to rewind that question a little bit because it almost, everything about this sort of was serendipitous it was uh i was going to disney world on a train of all things so i was going for, on a train from new jersey to florida and i was going to sleep on the train in this very cool little cabin that they give you when you're going to sleep there and every single person that i met on that train they they kind of set you up to have dinner with someone and 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 lunch they were all authors every single and published authors so it was just uncanny and i was kind of writing and kind of drawing a little bit 
And so they all inspired me to just kind of like, what was I waiting for? So I didn't really jump in and get an agent or, you know, jump in and get a full-time job. I said, you know, because my son was still relatively young and I, I was, I was almost doing it for myself at first, you know, only to see what would happen. So, you know, I would get my things done around the house. I would get everything that I needed to, to do first. And then if I had some time at the end of the day or in the middle of the day, I would maybe write a little bit or draw a little bit or write down my ideas. So it started out very small. And little by little, I found that I loved it so much. I was making time in the day. And then once my son got older and went off to college and my husband travels quite a bit, I would practically jump out of bed because I knew I had all these exciting things that I wanted to do. And I found myself putting that part of my day first because I loved it so much. I would have an idea or I would have a thought for a picture and I would in my robe, you know, start to draw and doodle. And then eventually I would start to have a relatively large chunk of my day where I would take the time for myself and do my art or writing before anything else. And then eventually I took one of the bedrooms in my house and made it into a studio. And that was the big leap where I could do, I could start to do YouTube videos so I could review products and tell the people that started to follow me how much I liked it or didn't like it. And I made a Facebook group. So it eventually like little, it was very small. It was very incremental. I know that some people say, I decided to do this and overnight I had a giant idea. Mine wasn't that way. It was slowly but surely as I was willing to give up time with or not even willing to give up. But if I had more time because my son was away at school or my husband was away, I took the time for myself and I created another career. So this studio sounds like it's very important to you. It is very important to me. I love it. It's got everything in there. It's got pictures in there that I'm working on and pictures in there that my son has drawn, that my great-grandfather has drawn, that I inherited. It's the one place in my house that I'm surrounded by art, which I love. And in this room, when you are there, can you describe the feeling you have when you are doing this creative stuff? That's very interesting because I think all the things that I love to do creatively, I think there's there's a there's a shared experience where I kind of almost go. I was going to say I go blank, but it's not that I go blank. Time sort of does this weird shift and I go into this other zone. And I've heard other people say this, too, but it's so true. I can start to draw or paint or whatever the thing is for the for the day and I think I'm doing it for 20 minutes and it's four hours later so well I love being in that room to begin with because it's the one wall is all windows so I like bright open windowed rooms so I like being in there to begin with and uh, so you add art to that and drawing in creativity I just I I get lost and happily lost i there there have been nights where 
once again, I think I'm doing it for half an hour, an hour, and it's going on sunrise. So I, I don't know. I think that's a, that's a special and interesting thing when that happens. I, I think that this world is different than when we were children. And I think that when I draw and when I do art or any type of creative endeavor, I think that it brings me sort of back to that place where there's fairy tales and that feeling that almost anything is possible. And that's how I feel creating. And that's how I feel like sort of in that strange zone. I think I I just want to somehow bring a little bit of happiness. And I guess this is one of my contributions. And when you sit there, do you listen to anything or are you sitting in silence? You know what? That's funny because I have a friend who I love to talk on the phone with, but I can't, I can't do it. I can't. She, she always says, Oh, you know, when you're, when you're in the middle of drawing, it, it would be a perfect time to chat. And I completely agree. And then when I try to do it, I'm lost in space somewhere. It's like I click off. So sometimes I can listen possibly to classical music. I love listening to books on tape, like on audible, but I can't even do it because I, once again, it shuts off and it's like, have you, have you ever read a book and then you realize you're at the bottom of the page and you don't know what you read? Mm -hmm. That's what happens. So I kind of can't. So most of the time it's either in silence, although it doesn't feel like silence or very soft classical music sometimes. But do you have a lot of thoughts in your head at the same time you are doing it or or is it like a focus so you are it's not all these thoughts going around at the same time? No, that's the I think that's one of the things I really like about it because during a regular day if I'm just going through my regular day probably like almost all of us I have millions of thoughts, millions of ideas, what I should be doing, what I didn't do yet, what I what I have to get done by the end of the day. Um, and then when I start doing that, that all shuts off and it becomes and yet occupied because I'm so focused on what I'm doing. So it's I think it's it might I'm I'm very bad at meditation. I'm a meditation failure. Everyone always told me, oh, you should meditate to calm down. But I think that's my form of meditation. Because everything sort of clicks off. When you start a page, mm -hmm. how do you start? Where do you start? Most of the time I I take a sketch pad and a regular pencil, uh, like a basic either number two yellow Ticonderoga pencil or... I like these antique drafting pencils by Eagle. One of them is turquoise. Uh, I, I even like the older lead. I like that whole ru routine, too, of like the special sharpener. So I do my first sketch on just a sketch pad just to get an idea of where everything will will end up. And sometimes it changes and sometimes it stays exactly the same. But I do the the first thing on regular paper relatively relatively quickly just because I want to know where the main parts of it will end up and then I end up getting very very detailed and I leave my coloring books probably lighter the images are probably lighter 
than the other coloring books that I've seen just because I like the way it looks when you can cover up the lines. So it doesn't look like a coloring book necessarily when you're done. It looks like a finished either painting or portrait or picture. So how long does it take for you to finish a coloring book page? You know what? It depends on the thing. Some things I'm very good at drawing very quickly. I'm, I'm good at trees and botanicals and flowers. And I'm not as good. Well, the bane of my existence is <laughs> perspective. So in certain cases, I want it to look a certain way. So I, I might have to look up what this thing, whatever the thing might be, would look at from a certain angle. So if there's anything with extreme perspective, it might take me a little longer because I have to brush up on perspective. It's not the easiest for me. But if it's a cartoonish type character, like my book, The Buns, they're little tiny bunnies. They're very, very basic. And the the image around the bunnies is very intricate and detailed so the bunnies are super easy to draw if it was something else, if it was a more realistic, like animals can be can be tough. Horses are hard for me. So to answer your question in the longest way possible, it, dep <laughs> <laughs> it, de it depends on what I'm drawing. It could be as little as an hour. It could be as much as a whole working day, depending on the details and what I'm confused about. Because you have, as you say, say quite detailed pages. Yes, they're very detailed. And in my head, I can see what I want them to look like when they're finished. And once again, you know, back to the fairy tale world, back to that sort of like elves and magical garden type type of feeling. That's what I see. So I always thought that it would be fun for people to also re recreate that in their own color scheme. And yet, it ends up to be pretty detailed. <laughs> what have your fans told you? What What is it that they like about your books? Uh, you know what? It's it's interesting because some people love the intricacy and the detail and the fact that the images are lighter and the fact that they're they're a, they're a little bit different. There is sort of a theme to every book. And yes, I'm I'm, I'm not saying other artists don't have that because they do, but I try to make the books almost like storybooks. So I thought that would be fun. And I, I like to create characters, the buns, for instance, they sort, they sort of took a life of their own. My sister, when she was younger, used to draw these little tiny bunny like characters, super simple. And I always loved them. And we always drew them all over the place. So I thought it would be fun to incorporate them in my Facebook advertising. And people started to ask about them. Uh, like they took on a life of their own and they started to call them the buns. I was going to call them bunnies of cuteness. And people started saying, oh, we love the buns. So I took their lead and I made a book about the buns. And I was actually nervous because it was sort of it was very whimsical and very different. And that was so far my most popular book. Yeah, they're just little, little, tiny, one inch tall bunnies that are little tricksters that run a 200 miles an hour and are mistaken for shadows and pieces of paper rolling down the street. So maybe I like to think that they like the characters because they're different. They're not out there. And there's Penelope the witch, who's also a little tiny witch. 
I like miniature things. I like thinking that there are things that we can't see. And fairy tales, once again, have always depicted that with with ghost stories and stories of elves or things that live in the woods that we're not aware of. So I I just wanted to keep that going and maybe bring that back a bit. So we have Penelope, the little witch, and we have the bounce. What yes. what else characters have you created in your books? Well, Everyday Magic is my latest book, and Penelope and the Buns are both featured in there. But Everyday Magic was there. There was no it, and I felt almost funny doing it because there was no n- new theme. Uh, well, no, there was a theme, but there wasn't another little creation. Uh, that was more of a book that just looked at the the magic in everyday life and how we, you know, if if we look for magic, we are likely to find it. Oh, there was also Garden Pup, but that was a book that I did early on, and that was for kids. And that was basically a puppy that was just running through the garden, and that was much more simply drawn. The images were bigger, and it was probably more for people that were beginning to color or a younger audience. So yeah, there was, there was also garden pup. I'm trying to think if there, Oh, and there was spy bunny. That was the book for children. That was a, (laughs) that was questioning whether the Easter bunny was real or if the Easter bunny was a robot. And uh, when you received the first copy of your first book, How did that feel? Very, very exciting, especially since it was all me. There was a book published. The Open Pillow was published. I did the illustrations, but I didn't have the final say in in everything. I, I didn't get to pick the font. I didn't get to lay it out the way I wanted to. So the very first coloring book that I did Uh, oh, I was so excited. I was, I, and, and it's funny because I'm still just as excited. I'm kind of waiting for it to become more ordinary because everybody, you always hear people say, oh, you know, whatever you do eventually just becomes a regular job. I don't find that at all. I think that I'm just as excited. So the first one I was, I was over the moon. It was It was very exciting because that that was actually one of my questions that I have written down. If it feels like you a work or a hobby, but then it's more a passion. It's definitely a passion. I can say that it's work and a hobby because if I want to take a day off in the middle of the week, I absolutely can. If I need to take care of something, it isn't like I have to leave the office and explain to a boss Uh, of course I'm my own boss but I I do take it more seriously now but I still feel like it's a very it's a very lovely life I I mean one of my goals for 2020 is to even get my illustrations and my work and my books in front of more people so I think that it would get busier and it would get it would take more time away from regular life but I don't think I would mind because it is a passion I love I love almost everything about it I like doing videos I like the coloring group that I have on Facebook they're lovely people that are really really into coloring and they're just so sweet and they're interactive so I even like the social media part of it 
I think that the coloring community in general is amazing. They're just lovely people. So I, I think I'm lucky there too. When I see your illustrations, they make me smile because they make me happy because they are so uber cute. Does it make you smile as well when you're doing them, seeing them? Yes. Thank you for saying that, by the way. Yes, they make me happy. And I started out doing them thinking, well, I, I don't know. And I'm shrugging my shoulders as I say this. I don't know if anybody's going to buy this, but they crack me up. They make me happy. I'm I'm drawing what I want to draw. And if other people want to do this with me, it's even better. So when I see people color these images that I've put together, it takes it to another level because there's part of me that I can't believe the talent that's out there and how amazing these pictures come out. Then they come out differently than what I thought they would. So that's amazing to me. I'm I'm glad that they like it. I'm glad it makes you smile. And like I said before, I love doing pen drawings. I'm a little obsessed with pens. I collect them. I I love them. And the fact that I can do this every day and use pens and other people like it too. It's ah, it's sometimes it feels a little too good to be true. <laughs> What pens do you have? Anything from a regular. Uh, there's a Bic pen. It's a super fine point, and I think it's called an actuary pen. It costs about a dollar ninety nine. It's very hard to get now because they don't make it anymore. It's my favorite pen. I love it so much, so I would find that anywhere. I also love dip pens, where you can change the nib and you can use different color inks, anything from India ink to different colors i i love purple ink so i have some purple inks that i like to dip i also have a very fancy that i got as a present one year it's a mont blanc pen and it has i don't know if it's silver or platinum but the clip that you would clip it onto your pocket is a snake and it has garnets for eyes so that's that's probably my fanciest pen hmm. And I love it, and I've had that for ooh, almost 30 years, I think, at this point. So I don't take that many places anymore just because I, I'm, I don't want to lose it. So I keep that in my art studio, and I use it often, and I, and I like to sign my name with that pen. It's one of those things that brings me joy. Plus, I'm a big doodler. If I'm talking on the phone or I'm taking notes, I keep a cup of pens, and I will grab that one because also I, I like pens that have either very, very fine points or very, very thick points. And that one has a very, very wide ball at the end of it. So yeah, I'm a little obsessed with pens. What paper do you draw on? When I first sketch, I will sketch on almost anything as long as it's going to be approximately the size of the image. Meaning if the book is going to be eight and a half by 11, I'll try to draw on something that's close to that. Uh, you know what? Let me look exactly. I'll take you, I'll take you into the art room with me and I'll, and I'll find exactly what I draw the, the coloring pages on because it's kind of a little slippery. Okay. Here it is. It's Borden and Riley 234 
Paris paper for pens. And it says a smooth, bleed-proof, all-purpose paper. You start with a sketch pen and then use ink, or how do you do? I first start with like a regular pencil or one of those drafting pencils that I love. And sometimes I draw the first sketch right on that paper, but I found that it can be a little too smooth. And if the paper's too smooth and you draw with a sharp point, it sort of leaves lines in the paper. So when you go over it with your fine liner or your ink, it can, there can be little divots. So I draw this, I, I just sketch it anywhere. And then my first real attempt at the picture is right on that Borden and Riley. Oh, you hear my bird in the background. Yes. I'll get back into the other room because he's very loud. Yeah, then I go to the Borden and Riley and I use most of the time Copic fine liners. Do you make up stories in your head when you are doing the pages? Yes. In fact, Some of the coloring books have stories attached to them. The buns have an explanation of what I think the buns are and a little story in the beginning. The In the back of the book, there are two pages of what the buns are afraid of, what the buns love. You, you know, so now they have their own little world. And each picture depicts part of the world that I imagine for them. Penelope, who is the little witch... She has a garden, so her thing is gardening because obviously she's a witch and she's doing magic spells. So she deals with everything from snapdragons to poisonous plants. There's a picture in the first Penelope book. There's another Penelope book coming out in the next year. But the first book, there was um, Venus flytraps and she's watering her poisonous garden and she's very sweet and she's this little tiny thing and... I like the fact that she's growing poisonous plants for her spells. Now we have talked a lot about your drawings. How much are you coloring? I probably spend a lot more time drawing than I do coloring. I do color for YouTube videos. I try to take images out of my books because some of them are complicated. So I try to show how I might color this image or how this image would look with watercolor. Or can you use watercolor with colored pencils? I try to do little experiments. So that's where most of my coloring happens. Or if I'm coloring the cover of a, one of the books. So although it's lovely, most of my time is spent in the creation of the book so other people can color it. But I want to come back to this buns, the bunnies. You said it was your sister who started to color, to draw them. Once upon a time. But where did she, did you have bunnies? No, we didn't. When, when we were, and, and she, this was when she was little. She was probably in grammar school and she and her friends used to, they weren't actually entire bunnies. I sort of expanded. They were like little, like little bun heads, like little, just very simple, two, two ears and like a little round oval face. And They were just like these little smiling face. They were like a bunny version of a smiley face. Mm. And they were, we put them all over the place and we still did it even as adults. Like rather than making a smiley face at the end of a letter, we would write those, what, whatever they were, <laughs> these little happy smiling bunnies. And I always thought about them and I thought they were adorable. And I would even sign 
my name with one of those faces. So I started to use them um, on my Facebook page, on my Instagram page, and people thought they were cute. What are they? What's, what are those? And I said, those are bunnies of cuteness. And then they said, <laughs> make a book about the buns. So I did. And what does your sister think about that book? Oh, she loves it. She, I think she thinks the buns are the best thing that I draw. I, I think she thinks there's something special about the buns. I think, I think so too. I think they're just like happy little buggers that exist in this pseudo world. Uh, I think that she thinks they're fun. They're whimsical. And isn't that the book? I have seen some cute pages from it that uh, is showing your, your love for tea. Yes, there is a tea set in there, actually. Yes. Uh, And I think that tea set was actually on my table and I just started to doodle that. Some of the buns are carrying sugar cubes and it's also showing my love for cake and sweets. (laughs) Yes, there's a picture of a slice of cake and the buns are having a very good time during during the tea party. You know what? You just reminded me. You said, did you ever have bunnies? And I said, no. And I just remembered I don't remember who found them, but there was a little nest in our backyard at my grandmother's house. And there were about six baby bunnies in there. And I was over the moon. Oh, my God. So adorable. So maybe that's where the whole thing started. So, yeah, yeah maybe. So uh, what are your best tips for for coloring, for starting to color? I think that when I first started coloring, because I do test out my images to see if they're fun to color. So I was in a panic when I first started to color because everybody was saying all different things about different pencils. So I thought one of the first things that I should do was to get a pencil set because it seemed to be the most popular way that people like to color. So I got myself all wrapped up and nervous because some of those pencils are not cheap. And I didn't want to make the wrong choice and then hate it. So what I ended up doing was going to the art store and buying little mini sets like Brunzeal literally had a set that I think it was six pencils at the point at that at, at that point and it came in a little plastic fold over packet. So I was able to try those. I bought open stock of a couple uh Prismacolors, ordered the Contis online and I ordered the Polychromos. I think I ordered them from Jerry's Artorama. And yes, they do cost a bit of money, but it's better than buying the whole set. So I did very simple pictures and tried to see which ones I actually liked the best. So I started out getting the polychromos and they ended up to be my favorite. But I was glad that I tried that first because it's very hard to guess by what other people are going to say. It's hard to understand if if somebody says, oh, they're so creamy and they do ABC, it's hard to it's hard to know if you even care about that until you have the pencil in your hand. And 
even the, the barrel size makes a difference. The polychromos barrels are thicker than the Prismacolor barrels. So my, my suggestion would, would be to buy a couple of pencils or even go to the store and try them because a lot of the stores have pads out in front of the area where the colored yes. pencils are and you could try them right there. So if you don't have a store that's close to you, you're going to have to order them. So I would just say order a few and see what you like. The biggest thing I would say, well, I have two more. Probably take your time because colored pencil especially takes forever. And I always say this in my videos. If you're looking at your work and you don't like it, you're probably just not done. It doesn't mean that it's bad. It doesn't mean that you don't know what you're doing. It just might mean that you have to put some more time into it. I think that when people, especially when they first start, they think it's going to be like taking Crayola and you're going to be able to like fill it in really, really quickly. Colored pencil takes a long time. So just, just, you're, you're probably just not finished. Go over it and maybe add more color, add some shadows and be nice to yourself and take your time. Great tips. And, and next year you said, mentioned that there were going to be a new coloring book. What do you know about next year? Well, I have some goals for next year. I have, I definitely want to put two more books out. I want to do a buns book for Easter. I'm hoping to get that out by this Easter. In, in, in fact, I want to put a Penelope book out. And I think for the buns book, I'm going to make it with fairies, elves. I'm going to do some flying buns, make them look like fairies themselves. Maybe I'm giving too much information, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about that book. And uh, I'm going to do a little surprise that I'm probably not going to say right now, just because I want it to be a surprise, but there'll be a little bit more to that buns book. And I'm going to try to figure out how to get myself more well-known. I'm trying to figure out marketing a little bit better only to get my name more well-known and for people to see my pictures to see if they actually like them and maybe they would want to color them and maybe if i have time i would love to put out another kids book or even redo spy bunny because y you know as you work you you can't help but get better at what you do so i look back and Although I like the idea, I still like the idea of the book. I would love to improve the whole thing and maybe put it out again or something or, or, or maybe another kids coloring book, coloring storybook. I would I would actually call it. That sounds like a wonderful year, coloring year for us. I hope so. I hope so. Um, it's. I like the thought of it. I It's the first year that I'm actually thinking of it in terms of a whole year because every other year I just was kind of like, oh, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. I was still kind of winging it. Now I feel like I want to keep doing this. So I want other people to be happy with what I'm doing also. So I have an idea of what I want the next few years to look like. So that's new. Maybe it's it's actually a business now. It's It's actually turning into my own little business, which I'm thrilled about. Thank you so much, Leah, for joining the podcast. You are very welcome. I was really happy to 
take part. I'm so glad to be part of the calendar. I can't wait to see everyone's images. And thank you so much for doing that and for having this lovely podcast and for inviting me. Thank you. It was wonderful talking to you. It was lovely to talk to you too. To hear about the buns and the other characters. (laughs) Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. It's fun to talk about it and I don't get to talk about it very much. It's usually in my head. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed listening. So (laughs) thank you for joining and thank you everyone who have been listening. Goodbye. Bye.